The Perfectly Generic Podcast contains spoilers, occasional adult language, and June, you've been warned. This show is supported by listeners like you on Patreon. We'd like to thank the following Crocker-tier patrons for their generous support per episode. Alex Laporte, Big Boss Did Nothing Wrong, Damascus Dalek, Donut, Fragment Voyager, Jovan, Hatsune Mukau, Natalie Watts, Orionic, and Riglo. The cake may or may not be a lie. This is the Perfectly Generic <sighs> Podcast. I hated that as I said it. <laughs> I hated that as it came out uh, of my mouth. I was trying to think of like something pithy and fun that's Jane-related to say, and of course I went with an old meme, and I, I didn't even do a funny variation on it. I just said it, basically. Mm. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm good. I mean, I, I mean... <laughs> I thought to myself, oh, God, I hope I have something. I hope I have uh, interesting and insightful and hopefully witty things to say on this podcast. Um, and I'm going to be I'm going to be upstaged by Sarah at literally every turn. Um, so I'm feeling marginally better. <laughs> yeah, I've Only set slightly. the standards very low. So you should you should pass with flying colors at this point. So, yeah. So I'm here with Pip. Hello. We're here today to talk about. Uh, Jane Crocker and the Jane route in Pester Quest, which you Ooh, wrote. I did, yes. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Oh, <laughs> wow, what a question. Um, I mean, I feel good that I feel good that it's uh, out there and that I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> but then that's that's the case with a lot of um, a lot of work. You know, you sort mm. of push it out of the door so you can. Um, focus on the next thing that you've got coming up no but i yeah. i am that's a that's a sort of a bit trite way of saying it i guess um i'm <laughs> i'm feeling i feel good about it i'm i'm i feel like we had a good we had a good release with that one yeah it's a good route like I've, oh I've, thank you <laughs> so pester quest in general has a, a structurally kind of follows homestuck uh proper in terms of you have the alpha kids, the uh, or the beta kids, the trolls, and then the alpha kids, and there is the 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 sort of wish fulfillment aspect of Pester Quest, where it literally starts with the reader having read the epilogues and being pissed and basically, you know, f- fixing everybody's problems. And yeah, yeah. As as the game progresses, things get like darker, weirder. With the alpha kids, there was always the challenge of like, these aren't 13 year olds. These are 16 year olds in a very different world than the Earth uh, of the uh, beta session. So the idea that reader can just show up and fix everybody's lives with a bit of emotional catharsis, it's already like it, it strains believability in the best of times. But with the alpha kids, especially, it feels like that would just it, it would be unsatisfying. And as the first alpha route with Jane, you have like a lot of different things to juggle and set up because you also have to close out uh, the 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 troll narrative and move us into this world where things aren't quite going the way they seem or yeah. uh, the, the way you want, you know? Yeah, like um, that was... Um, when I was asked to do Jane, that was the first thing that obviously came to mind was the was the fact that I knew um, 
because I'd, I'd been on, I'd been sort of, I was asked to do Jane very early on, like before PestaQuest was, was um, we did, before we'd even started. Um, so I'd been, you know, following it the, for a very long time. Um, so I knew exactly sort of how the structure was going to, was going to pan out. So for me, it was, it was a case of knowing, okay, Jane is coming after all the trolls, but before all of her friends. So you've got like basically the minimum amount of stuff to work with, um, that you can. It's, it's like starting the game over again. Um, except that you've also got to provide a, a sort of coda to the troll section and um set up you know something for for the rest of the kids as well so it was um it was n- not a small ask <laughs> uh, yeah um which which feels bad to say because it's like oh i did this really difficult thing but like i think anyone could could it could see not not just because of jane and who she is as a character but just structurally it was it was a point where um it was a sort of focus point where a lot of various story pressures all merged together and had to be focused in a particular direction um and so that was a bit um yeah it was a bit of a challenging um yeah thing it is around yeah i really like how Reader has this realization. So it it opens with the dream with the trolls and it's like everybody's together and having a nice picnic, this beautiful idyllic picnic. uh, (laughs) It begins with our, our sort of best hopes for what, you know, life for these characters could be like. Um, It's not just a Miss Pierre reader having this dream. It's, it's, I mean, it's literally us in, in, in this sense, I guess. Yeah. And then it sort of, of co- all it, it falls cruelly apart. falls apart. <laughs> Fuck, fucking Gamzy. Yeah. God. As you play in the dream, it's like, this seems kind of forced, but I guess it's fine. And then Gamzy says women's rights. And you're like, nope, nope, uh-uh, no, no way. No, absolutely not. This could not possibly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 to me, it's obvious what that's going for. But like, one thing that did amuse me a little bit, and I say this with all, you know, with all affection possible, um, was that some people were, were reading that part and were genuinely thinking, well, I mean, uh, it may be a dream, but at least Gamzy got some kind of, you know, positive development. And I'm like, <laughs> you are, no. oh, you are, you are, you are hunkering for scrap. You you realize yeah. this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're 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 desperate. You're you're very clearly like you want something. You want this character. I I don't. What are, what the fuck do people see in Gamzy? I don't get uh, it. I don't know. I don't know. We've, Sarah. We've, I I feel like this is just the the background radiation. One of many background radiations of Homestuck discourse of like, just it, it always comes around to the people who really like Gamzy. Because he's just a non-character that they've invented a persona for, right? Like I, I mean, I, I, in the spirit of diplomacy, I won't, I won't, um, you know, sure. people, people, um, will find in interest <laughs> in you know many different things in a story, and obviously Gamzee is part of Homestuck yeah. and has an important role to play. So you know. Absolutely, do not begrudge anyone finding him interesting, but it's sort of like, 
the thing which amuses me is the is the um determination <laughs> uh shall we say um noble or perhaps otherwise to um insist that he's got something else going on uh and that he's you know that he's really just a, a good misunderstood person um who just happens to say lots of misogynistic shit like yeah um, it it really to be frank like to okay. be frank if if you can't see the satire in him <laughs> saying gender motherfucking equality <laughs> then i don't know what to say yeah well satire is often wasted uh in in this century it feels like uh mm. Well, I won't go so far to say that I can write good satire. I mean, um, <laughs> but but I mean, I don't know. Uh, I thought that part was fine. It was really irritating when I wrote that Gamsey part because I was like, oh, damn, this is the funniest part of the whole route, isn't it? I've given it to Gamsey. <laughs> well, I, it's there always are. there's always a moment when when you're writing Homestuck, in my experience, where you you think things are like, yeah, this is kind of funny. And then you type a line of dialogue. And for me, this almost always happens with Dave, where I type a line of Dave dialogue and I just start laughing and I have to get out of my chair and like walk around my room and just be like, this is the funniest shit I've ever written. And (laughs) the rest, there's nothing that's ever going to top this. I think with, with Terezi, when I wrote the Terezi route for me, uh, the the thing that killed me was high crimes and fish demeanors. That's oh, just yeah. like that's just that that's really just a f- that's just a funny little uh, pun that I was actually genuine when I wrote it. I was genuinely amazed that that hadn't been done in Homestuck before. Mm, yeah, or maybe it has, and I just blacked it out. But it's it's just like little things like that. You laugh at yourself, and you're like, well, okay, I guess. I hope the rest of the route is this good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 hard. It becomes very hard to judge um, what is funny to you when you mm. have to do it professionally. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Uh, we've talked about this before, but it gets to the point where you've read everything so many mm-hmm. times and you've reworked everything so many times that it's it's literally impossible for you to see any of the merit in your own work at all. And then... Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. You get on a, a a live stream with like twelve people reading through your work in a live setting, and everyone is like screaming with laughter. And you're like, "Oh, huh, yeah, that was kind of funny, wasn't it?" <laughs> yeah, that's such a good feeling. We uh, we we both watched the. There's a live stream that the, the only one that was going on as we were waiting to do our own stream of it. And we managed to watch every everything through the fake out ending, and that was oh, yeah. such a deliriously wonderful experience. Mm. Seeing seeing everybody like, oh, they worked. <laughs> Everything's fine. This is a nice, oh, sweet, happy is... ending. Yay! Good <laughs> ending. We got the good ending first. Yay! <laughs> and it was just it was so hard to 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 bite. Oh yeah, one's tongue and. And then, so then, when it when the when the fake out actually happened, um, and you know they they got the what um, some people, myself included, would consider possibly the worst bad end that has ever happened. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, I was like, (laughs) 
I was like, okay, we've got to go off to um to do our own live stream now. But um, hope you enjoyed the good route. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that gets us to a question. X Mask on Discord asks. You've managed to have the scariest bad ending, and considering every single other bad end, how do you feel about it? Um, well, I mean, I guess I feel pretty good, <laughs> which, which seems bad to say. I mean, um, I feel good that everyone agrees that it's, it is as, as horrific as I thought it was when, when, I sort of, when I thought of it. This was actually the first thing that I um, conceived of when I was working on, you know, what, what this route was going to look like. Um, and it, it happened pretty much immediately. Like as soon as I thought about Jane for like two, two minutes, I mm. thought I want MSPA reader to go crocketeer. Um, <sighs> and then, so, so a lot of the structure of the route actually, um, formed itself around having this be not just a scary fake out, bad ending type thing but have it be like thematically uh yeah. well supported you know like um because i feel like well visual <laughs> novels have a long and storied history of doing you know kind of horror type <laughs> stuff um, this is true and um I, I i didn't want it to just feel like trying to be part of that um yeah history like i wanted it to actually do something um uh not saying that 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 horror doesn't you know do do um do important things no, in, in these other things. but you know uh there's a temptation to sort of say oh well we've got you know we've got to do a fucked up thing you know <laughs> just for the hell of it um to make jane spicy you know because um i don't know if you've no i don't know if you've noticed but <laughs> a lot of people think jane is very boring <laughs> um yeah but um, but so so yeah, so it was it was something it was a concept that I established very early on and sort of worked very hard into trying to to to, to get it to work. Um, so I feel really good about it from from that point of view. That like um, I feel like it did its job. Like every time I've watched someone play through it, yeah, there have been there's been this you know this this actually really heartwarming feeling of watching people you know, get to the, what they think is, is the good end and being like, oh, this is really sweet. I feel like this really, you know, people have told me that they feel like that, the part just before, um, Sean, you know, light on Jane's character that they weren't expecting or whatever. And they're like, that's great. And I feel really good about that. But more so than that is, is watching them, um, experience the sort of cataclysmic horror (laughs) Yeah. Of oh no, this wasn't the good end, was it? Um, which is what I was hoping. You know, that that's what that's the least I was hoping for was just this visceral moment of shock and yeah. sort of this slow creeping dread as you realise what's going to happen, which is good. So I so um so I feel really good about that. That's <laughs> the one thing that I feel like really. And of course, like um, obviously it's not just the writing that that sets that up. Like um, Adelaide, our the mm-hmm. uh, who programmed the this volume yeah. did just an absolutely incredible job, like taking this concept and making it. Oh, I mean, yeah. like to read to read through it, like it is kind of creepy, but but I I'm I'm I, I'm of the mind that that the um the programming work um really made it work. Uh, yeah, in a way the, that it the, wouldn't have done. 
Otherwise. Yeah, the the execution is absolutely like when I when I read the this when you sent it when you sent the the outline to me and read uh, uh, the first like draft of the script, um, that the, obviously that end like stood out to me as oh this is this is a thing that people are going to be talking about a lot, uh, but the the impact of it was very much based on visuals. I could already tell, mm. and. Yeah, playing the first build was like it 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 is genuinely shocking because there wasn't really any overt direction about how that would go. Adelaide just went. Yeah. And yeah. Um it, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> they they when they were um going to start doing the programming, uh they messaged me uh Adelaide messaged me like um so do you have any specific ideas for what you want this to look like? Because um, if not, I'm just going to go all out with this. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, please, please do that. Um, and it was just, it was fantastic. Also, we got to share pic- like dozens of pictures of cats in our work chat for like it's a true. day. So- <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that was fun. Adelaide came into the work chat like, hey, I need cat pictures. Send me cat pictures. And every, literally everybody was like, oh, you want cat pictures? Hold the phone. Let me get, let me, <laughs> let me bring out the album. And so oh, that was, so a, that good. was a, yeah, that was a pleasant day. There was just 45 yeah, like, minutes of, of cat all pictures. All of us either, either finding pictures of, of our own cats or getting our friends to send us cat pictures. So <laughs> yeah. like, like I had several friends. I was like, Hey, do you want do you want your cat in a video game? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this this yeah. reminds me. So I I don't have any cats, but the the two that I put I, I sent were my old roommates' cats, and I sent the collage to him and was like, "Hey, your cats are famous. I put them in this Homestuck game," and. He he's he works in film. He's out in L.A. and he was on set at the time. And he his his response to me was, "That's amazing. I'm showing it off to people and uh, on my crew, and I keep having to try to explain what Homestuck is." And I said, <laughs> "I ah, good luck." And he said, "I ended up settling for it's an online comic with a big cult following, but some of the chapters are musical pieces and some of the chapters are video games. Anyway, my cats are famous." <laughs> and, I I just I genuinely love because he's never read Homestuck either. Oh, same. Well, right. Who who has really? Um, the, I I I love the idea of my friend, like twenty nine years old, tall, scrawny fella with a big beard, uh, on a film set in L.A. Surrounded by like I think he's probably working on a Marvel movie at this point. And Sarah, you're such a name dropper. I, I it, Disney is like the only people making movies. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I think he's. I, I don't. I don't. Anyway, uh, he he's just on like on set with a bunch of like L.A. locals trying to explain Homestuck to a bunch of these like because because he works in Grip Electric and that's just like manual labor. So these are just like big people like carrying lights and stands around all day for 12 hours a day, seven, seven ish days a week. And it's like, have you heard about this comic? My cats are famous. 
Let me try yeah. to explain this shit to you. I don't know. I find that. It's, I find it, that. I mean, it is it is absolutely delightful imagining what it's like for other people to explain Homestuck to people to to other people that don't know. It's a horrifying experience to go through yourself. Um, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> As it turns out, explaining Homestuck to people who don't know what it is is a kind of. It's a kind. Of <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, oh, it's, it's 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 painful. I. I mean, I love it, but it, oh, no, but it's, it is it's, also it's, exceptionally psychically painful. <laughs> right. I was writing, I, this happened to me a couple of times in my last year of college, where it was the first point at which I had actually finished reading Homestuck, and I would occasionally see somebody in like a Homestuck shirt. There was one time I was on the bus and I saw somebody wearing a Time hoodie, and I was wearing a, a shirt with Jane on it, or uh, Jade on it at the time. And so uh, I caught their eye and I nodded at their sweater and they sort of like, their eyes went wide and they saw my shirt. And there was this moment of like, weird, oh, no. weird, like <laughs> connection where it's, it's so funny how... <laughs> With any other thing, you'd be like, oh, you're wearing a, a How It's Made shirt. I love that show. I like learning how things are made. And you get together and you talk and you talk about your How It's Made fan fiction or whatever. Uh, I don't know the, the, the How It's Made fandom very well. But you then... Fandom? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but with Homestuck, it's like you see somebody wearing anything Homestuck and it's like, I'm in danger. <laughs> I can't be yeah it's like it's like you it has this kind of subtle camouflage where it's like if if you're one homestuck alone no one like no one's going to pay you any mind if there are more than one of you in any one place the sort of the instinct is they're going to expose me yeah i, I can't be sick. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to like, out me as a homestuck yeah it's um <laughs> it's like this the the metal gear snake like alert sound yeah, plays yeah. um and you have to sort of quickly find the nearest cardboard box or something i mean i don't know uh it it, it, it it's a quite um it's a quite visceral experience anyway yeah, it, it really it really is so not a great guy on twitter asked has your opinion on jane shifted at all now that you've gotten to write her route hmm um that's an interesting one i yeah, it's interesting because uh, another thing that I saw um, when I was casually browsing what people uh, were saying about the route, that's a lie. I was like glued to social media for a couple of days. Oh, like, yeah. Religiously reading everything I could find that people would say. Like, that's just standard protocol, really. But when I was when I, when I was doing this, um, one of the things that I saw quite a few people saying was, oh, this is great. You know, this is like, this is... This is really good, sincere pre-epilogues, Jane. Like we don't have to worry. And like I understand, I have a lot. I have a lot of sympathy, and I do. I understand where people are coming from. That like a big worry um, for everyone uh, who cares about Jane even remotely. Um, and and for me, uh, going into this writing hell was like, uh, and and for everyone, I think working on Pest Quest has been like, how how do you write? in the shadow of something quite like Homestuck epilogues or, you know, or even Homestuck, you know, itself, like, right. Cause they're both quite Titanic works of fiction. Um, and especially in the epilogues, like, I mean, 
I mean, let's let's be clear. Like Jane is a fascist in the epilogues. Oh yeah, no, um, that's so that's, like, that's that's inarguable. Right, and so like I feel like um, one of the first thoughts I had to myself is like, am I going to have to just like, ha- like how am I going to do this? How am I going to write about a crypto fascist basically, or like so like how am I going to write about the sixteen-year-old version of your friend who turns out who falls into an alt-right hellhole um, yeah. later on in their life. Like, how do you do that? Um, and um, so I, I do have a lot of sympathy with with um, w- with this sort of really strong desire that people had and worry that people had that this was going to just sort of, I don't know, be more of the same or whatever, um, whatever the concern was. Um, so I, I feel good that people felt that... Um, that it was sort of different um, uh, uh, and sort of reflected more like Jane, more of what Jane was in Homestuck. Um, like th- that's good. Um, but so, so but uh, this is this is a very roundabout way of saying this, but um, I guess what I would say, my opinion on Jane doesn't feel at all different from like, from the way that I had always sort of thought of her as I was, you know, while Homestuck was going on, and then even as as the epilogues um, came about, like I, I I feel like the thing which might surprise people is that um, I don't really see any conflict between the way that Jane is in Homestuck, the way that I wrote her in Pester Quest, and the way that she ends up in the epilogues. I see all three of them as forming part of this very complex character. I mean, obviously, um, I I. I learned a bit about writing her that I you know wouldn't have known just from just from reading her in Homestuck. If anything I think writing this sort of reinforced the the way that I had thought about her and made me feel sort of more confident in in the, in that analysis <laughs> more you know more than I mean I'm not so um I'm unfortunately I'm not suddenly now a huge jet like I love all the Homestuck characters. Like, but of I'm not suddenly a huge Jane stan for having for having written her. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm an anyone stan actually. I, I, am a, I'm a, I, I'm not sure I believe in the concept of standing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, I feel similarly. I, the, the, the question of like who your favorite character is. I mean, I have an, I have a strong affinity for Terezi now just because I've written so much of her, but I also. As as time has gone on and I've written so much of so many different characters, I think I've touched all of the main cast at this point. I've realized that they're they're all compelling in their own unique ways. And there there is an interesting disconnect in conversation that you always have to juggle of like some people say like I hate this character, but that's like this is a great villain, but I hate them. Like, you know, you'd love to hate this person or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, with Jane I think <sighs> Jane. <laughs> she, it's it's she is she is challenging. Like all of the Alpha Kids are challenging because they are they're very much they 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 never say what they actually mean. No, they're so. I mean, they're so human, aren't they? I I feel like yeah. With with the Beta Kids, you have the 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 fact that they're sort of they're kind of idealized 13 year old children in a absolutely sense. like they are extremely like all four of them are absolutely whip smart um and um they i mean they have their problems but they like 
they aren't nearly very so messy about it. <laughs> At least yeah. to start off with. But like the Alpha Kids are everyone's worst teen nightmare. Like it's 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 everyone's worst teen drama being dragged out of their past and being put on a on a <laughs> galactic stage in front of them for entertainment. And it's like that's hard to read. <laughs> It, it, um, yeah. A lot of the time, I, I've been thinking about this with um, the kids' guardians. How mm. in the beta session uh, or in the beta timeline, everybody's guardians are just like awful influences, or they're j- just gone in some way. Like I think Nan is the only one that seems fine, and she was just like a grandma. Yeah, I mean she she was a grandma who who um, liked playing pranks, but. Some of the pranks were a bit mean-spirited. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is true. I, I yeah. I mean, I I don't remember. At, at some point, I'm sure in Andrew's commentary, he's he's ex- he's explained why he's of the opinion that Nana sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know anything about this comic. <laughs> Nobody does. I think, but but then you get to the Alpha Kids, and you know, slowly realizing that you know the 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 beta kids are their guardians and instead they're like these mythical figures and yeah they they it is this i don't know i find them just so interesting to think about their parallels and the way that you know the alphas are literally tied to noble gases which are inert and how their session is dead it's Act six is such a good metaphorical mm. bundle, and the the way that the alpha kids are just so fucking frustrating. It is like it, it, what makes them so compelling to think about, and but so then by their very nature of being these these intentionally very frustrating elements uh, of the story, that that inherently makes it very difficult to fit them into. A narrative which is supposed to be all about, you know, screwing out, <laughs> off out of canon and making your own better version of events as a reader or as MSPA reader. Like the the notion of the Alpha Kids is like doesn't it's hard to slot into PestaQuest conceptually in a way. Like in a, in a yeah. good way, it's ch- it's challenging. And like the the Alpha Kids, I felt like were always going to be the people that we use to sort of unpack this notion of like what um what this what what the exercise of making a thing like PestaQuest really means like what we are trying to do by going outside or beyond if you like canon in this way um, <laughs> so yeah i feel like the alpha kids are uniquely suited for this kind of inward looking reflection i mean in the same way that act 6 is where homestuck starts becoming a story about itself absolutely even more so than it was already like homestuck has always been a story partly about the process of making homestuck but act six is where it really just starts going all in on that so i feel like it's appropriate and i this is one something i wanted to do was i want i wanted jane in PestaQuest to be the moment that PestaQuest becomes partly about the process of making it which might sound a little bit bizarre to say no i i think that i think that makes sense i i don't like to to sort of come out in front of it and be and say this is a metaphor but um (laughs) (laughs) 
but but like um there are parts in the Jane route I think that if you play through it with the mindset of uh, sort of thinking about what the process of writing someone like Jane would be like um or more generally of what what making Pester Quest might be like I feel like there are definitely parts in the Jane route where you can where you can sort of say hmm this this might be sort of uh, alluding to that kind of thing an idea that I'd had for a very long time was as basically as long as PesterQuest has existed, people have been sort of saying, oh, I hope they fix this, yeah. that and the other. Like mostly in reference to the epilogues, like a lot of a lot of people sort of conceive of new Homestuck material as an attempt to fix old Homestuck material. And like, I disagree with that premise fundamentally on it for a number right. of different reasons. One of them being that like, obviously I'm not, of the opinion that necessarily everything that people think needs fixing in Homestuck and the epilogues does need fixing. Yeah. Um, like, like there are some things which perhaps have not aged well, but that's, that's <laughs> like, that's not, that's mostly not the point. Um, like I, I'm talking about like, um, no, well, I'm, I'm sure you can all think of your own examples, <laughs> but like the, by, by and large, I'm not of the opinion that, like there there is an attitude that I've seen, especially when Homestuck 2 started. I think it's lessening now that it's just sort of a fact as opposed to a new thing. Uh but at the time there was just like, oh, I don't like that it's continuing where the epilogues left off. I was hoping that they would just that they would do something else. And it's it's like do you did you did you want them to just pretend like even if even if you're looking at it from the perspective of uh, this is a group of people who hated the epilogues and want to fix Homestuck or whatever. Like, do you expect them to just pretend they didn't happen? It's not like you guys have the, y y there, there, there are, you don't have unilateral control over, I don't know. The no, epilogues uh, yeah. happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> like we can't ignore that they, like the, this is the ongoing dilemma of, well, this is the dilemma of anyone who is brought in to work on a property which has existed for any length of time and is ongoing. Like, Homestuck's been going for 10 years. We have to deal with, we have 10 years of of history to deal with. We can't just, um, well, after a certain point, you can, you, I, I guess you, you can. But it, it wasn't as if we were going to be able to just sort of pretend that it didn't happen. Like, especially ending on the promise of future stories the way that it did. Right. Right. Like, um, for a group of people who felt like the epilogues had some merit to them. Um, and like, I'm one of the people that was on the record as, as, as believing that I wouldn't have been comfortable necessarily with, with just it's effectively throwing it all in the garbage and, and no. starting over again. But so I guess the, the other the other reason why I don't why I I um I I disagree with this premise that our goal with PesterQuest or with Homestuck Squared, because I uh I, I've been through this thought process working on Homestuck Squared too, is is the fact that like if we really wanted to fix these problems, um, if such a thing were possible, just making more of it wouldn't necessarily be the solution. Um uh, no. Like if we wanted to address, if we wanted to really, um, if we thoroughly believed that there were problems that needed to be addressed, maybe, may like, I, I don't know. It's it's a complicated, it's a complicated um, feeling. Sure. But like, 
Yeah, the, I'm sure it is like a, a, a bit of math because you as a writer can't help but have opinions about the thing that you're responding to. And there are things that you're like, you like more and things that you dislike. But at the same time, uh, I mean, partially that's why it's a team of people and not just not just Andrew or just anybody else uh, to cover mm. everybody's blind spots, I feel like. I think with the, something like the epilogues, uh, what I've what I've noticed now that it's now that they've been out for almost a year, immediately after release, there is this huge uproar, and now th- th- it became this general. I, I see this. I see this on Twitter and on various Discord servers of like, especially younger people saying, "Don't read the epilogues because." And they have a laundry list of reasons, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't. But then I have seen people who have read the epilogues, uh, having heard that reputation, but not really been there for it and just sort of started it. And they re- they, their thought is, oh, well, this is just more Homestuck. Mm. That's sort of what I have what I have encountered. There is it is like harder as 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 we've now reiterated a million times because it's it's a a narrated experience we're seeing inside people's heads. So there is like a visceral impact to it that wasn't present before necessarily, but it's still true that it is still fundamentally what it is. And it provides a lot to build off of. And the idea that you would not meet that challenge is almost, I feel, I find that almost insulting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One thing that you 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 learn very quickly when you try and make anything like this, when you work on any kind of creative project, is that it's a lot of hard work. It is, um, and like, and it, it can't be it can't be overstated the degree to which you can't really respect another another artist's work in quite the same way as you can when you've tried to do something like it yourself, or you've worked on something hard and put it out into the world um, for other people to, in, you know, there's there's a, a certain degree to which um, it would be extremely um, painful <laughs> to me to just sort of, you know, like I say, effectively throw, throw all of that hard work away yeah. just because it would be easier. Like, I think that it, it is a thing that, could be that can be built off of um i like and i wholeheartedly uh believe that. that's why you know that's why i work on homestuck homestuck right. squared um yeah i don't know it's just difficult like <laughs> making stuff is hard guys <laughs> it is it is it is it is very difficult and i think also homestuck has always been a challenging story and mm. on on many levels right i like and- yeah i feel i feel one sense that I get is that I feel like the degree of negative reaction that the epilogues had was in part because a lot of the people who um, are in Homestuck fandom now were not in Homestuck, were not reading Homestuck while it was ongoing. Like we have a large readership of people who ha- are fairly new to Homestuck who like yeah. they read Homestuck as a complete thing. And like the implication there is that it's a complete entity. Um, and so the way that it exists at the end is, is Homestuck in its like most um, complete form. Um, And that's the way that the characters are. And, you know, if you, if you um, can wrap your head around that, then you, you, you know, you understand Homestuck, so to speak, you understand its characters and its story and whatever. 
Um, that is not an impression that people had at any point while Homestuck was going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, because it was so regularly shifting up the cast, like just flat out uh, killing people off. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like, I want to know what these, what the people who have had this viscerally negative reaction to, say, the epilogues, would have thought about something like Murderstuck, for example. Like, right. When, when, like, we had this whole new cast of 12 characters that people immediately formed these very close attachments to, like, half of them immediately got killed off. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. that, was just, that was just par for the course. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so much in Homestuck that is just deeply upsetting. Mm. And I, I do... I do think that it is a a lot of it has to do with like because it's happening in a comic and it is this like exaggerated thing. There's like a disconnect between the the uh, from the impact of it, like the the physical and emotional impact of it Mm. where, you know, a lot of people uh, it it takes a while for folks, I think, like myself and I, I shouldn't generalize. I reading Homestuck, it really wasn't until like Act Six that I recognized that the way that Bro treated Dave in uh, in early Homestuck was abuse, because right. it is couched in this like video game logic, and uh, I don't know, like yeah like you, you it, see it, it, from, it's yeah, framed and it, it, it's very disarming the way that it's presented um but that sort of if anything adds to the potency of it when when the realization comes that oh yeah this was a thing that happened and it is just as bad as it as it sounds like we, we're gonna uh, uh, to, to to try and sort of tie, tie oh, back yeah. into jane here like <laughs> um so there's a part in in jane's uh in the I mean, talking about the roots in Jane is complicated because, like, the the conclusion I feel that uh, some people have come to, quite rightly, is that there isn't, strictly speaking, a good root. Um, It's more complicated than there just being a good and a bad end, which was another thing that I wanted to kind of explore, um, sort of structurally. But but so anyway, in the gooder root, maybe, or the, the, the one root which is... The best candidate for a good route, shall we say? <laughs> um, Jane um, and MSPA reader like um, tie up and interrogate uh, a postal worker. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I saw some people um, saying that like this is uh, just you know it's just flat out ridiculous. It's it's slapstick. It's not serious at all. Um, and like, yeah. but that's fair enough. But like she does, she does literally like beat up a random stranger and like <laughs> MSPA reader does comment on this and like yeah. I can't help but feel like I, I I can't help but feel like my point has been proven as regards something like bro strider in early homestuck in that or I I don't think it's hard to see how how people could have gone for so long not realizing quite how serious that was when I can write basically exactly the same thing happening in a in a Homestuck video game now in 2020 yeah. and have people still say, oh, you know, it's just slapstick. Yeah. You basically wrote a scene from Zero Dark Thirty and, I don't called, know what it that co- is, Sarah. and called it comedy. Oh, really? Okay. That's that's for the best. It's a movie about the US's <laughs> uh, torture program. Anyway. Oh, good uh, grief. Um, yeah. 
it's, so not to say that it isn't like because it it does have comedy to it, but like oh no, so does so does so does Dave fighting bro. Like it's done go- with goofy animations. Like it's and it's done with Homestuck sprites, which all look a bit silly just inherently. Like yeah, that's not to say that there isn't kind of comedy laced in there, but it's also like you know, um, well, if you think about all- it for any amount of time, it's also kind of deeply upsetting. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's always been like Homestuck's core mm. thing is that it is funny and silly and dumb and just just so stupid when you think about it uh, uh, for any length of time. But it's also deeply tragic and sad and compelling. And it like these two forces of oh, fuck. God damn it. The two forces of meat and candy are like constantly <laughs> like these gravitational entities like pulling you in all these different directions and it is what makes the work compelling. Mm. Yeah. That I mean that's one of the things which I think Homestuck does extremely well is it explores the it, it explores and deconstructs the notion that seriousness and comedy, emotional heft and lightheartedness are mutually exclusive things. Like they can overlap. They can, you know, encompass each other entirely. Something can be both things at the same time and you know it's not wrong to think either of them but i i feel like it is sometimes misguided it's misguided in a lot of situations but especially in homestuck to try and say this is solely funny and therefore shouldn't be taken seriously or this is solely serious and therefore doesn't have any comedy to it because um i mean i don't know uh I've had really bad things happen to me in my life and been laughing the whole way through it because of just how Uh, uh, disembodying the entire, um, the, the, the entire experience has been. So to me, the, the idea that, that comedy and tragedy, like they often get presented as two flip sides or like two halves. But honestly, I, I just, um, a lot of the time they're just the same thing. <laughs> right. I mean, it's comedy, like laughter in general is its own sort of coping mechanism. Hmm. And having been through my own share of traumas and things like there have, I I have been telling, I've told people like the, the story of like the weirdly absurd day that I had when I found out that my mom died and like this, this whole Mm. 18 hour trip I had to get back home and I'm telling it with like smile on my face and I'm laughing and they're just like staring at me wide eyed in horror. And I have Mm. to like take a step back and realize like, Oh, this maybe isn't actually that funny. I just the I I cannot think of it in any other terms besides oh it's funny yeah yeah we're 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 at the end here I want to ask you if there's anything mm. else that you want to cover in this la- in these last few minutes any final thoughts oh final thoughts well I mean I'm not sure that I've had any thoughts to begin mm. with <laughs> um, <laughs> I I mean I literally have in, in the outline document you sent me. You were like, oh, feel free to add any other topics you want to talk about. And I was like, okay. And then I got down to it and, I, and I've written at the bottom, Sarah, please help. I can't think of anything. Brain empty, no thoughts. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. 
uh, are there any questions that we didn't get to? Um, uh, there, oh, one yeah. I did want to talk about actually, which is how would you say Jane and Roxy's friendship differs from the one we saw? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sorry, Perpendicular on Discord asks, how would you say Jane and Roxy's friendship differs from the one we've seen in, in the comic now that they've patched things up? So, um, I guess now that I've read it out, Sarah, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's a. I I am. I I'm not sure. It it is interesting how Roxy is really excited because oh Jane's finally questioning the 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 goodness of Crocker Corp, and then Jane's like, so we just don't now we just don't play the game, and then and Roxy immediately heel turns into oh well hold on what, and I think we're going to get into I, I I'm very curious to see. I feel like that is a that that's like a, a a ball that you've thrown that now the Roxy route has to catch basically. Mm, yeah. I'll 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 be I'll be entirely honest. It's been a really long time since I've read Act Six, so like the actual relationship between Jane and Roxy at the start of the comic is incredibly hazy for me. Yeah. Well, I so I guess. So I guess then the thing that I would say to this question is I'm not sure they have patched things up. Like, yeah. To me, um, to me, writing it and then you know, watching people play it, the thing which uh, I think I'm surprised people haven't really, if there's one thing I'm surprised people haven't picked up on in that part, it's that it is extraordinarily similar in a lot of ways to the way that Jane Oroxy's, um relationship develops in the comic itself which is that jane kind of tramples over roxy's feelings a lot <laughs> yeah um like to, so the way that i conceive of this conversation in PestaQuest is that like jane finds out about crococorp and gets angry at roxy about it and then um in the process of like coping with it and and internalizing it she immediately the way that she does that is to um immediately claim a position of leadership which is <laughs> fundamentally exactly the same as the as the sort of social position that she was in before she had this revelation like she's gone from being the heiress of a multinational corporation to deciding that she's going to be the friend leader which like in homestuck if you if if for those of you who are familiar with act 6 you'll remember that jane is like when when dirk um says oh well, you're you're going to be the friend leader, but um, but you're not the leader. You're you're our friend, and that's important. And Jane agrees with this. Like she doesn't, you know, she says that she doesn't really believe in this position of being the friend leader. Of course, but I have always been under the impression that Jane is kind of being politely self-effusive there. Of like I, I feel like she's she does see herself in a kind of leadership capacity as is kind of natural for someone who's been brought up to believe that they're going to be the head of, you know, one of the largest corporations on earth. Right. I think that that's, that's absolutely predictable. Right. And so I feel like it, I felt like it was entirely natural, therefore, for her to, in the process of coming to terms with the fact that this wasn't going to be what her life was going to be like, she would immediately try and change the rest of her life to more suit what her original expectation was. So she immediately claims a position of leadership and starts, you know, saying, oh, well, this is what we're going to do and, and and so on. And in the process, trampling over Roxy's feelings twice over. Um, yeah. And like what, so one of the, one of the other main conflicts in Jane and Roxy's friendship is the fact that Jane has no way of helpfully or healthily uh, talking to Roxy about 
Roxy's alcoholism. Like Jane is fundamentally incapable of, or at least uh, when we first seen them at the beginning of Act Six and in Pester Quest, she's like kind of incapable of being a, being a supportive friend in that yeah. capacity. She just sees it as an inconvenience <laughs> to her. Like Roxy's alco- alcoholism is an inconvenience to Jane specifically, is the way that she sees it. And whenever she gets angry about it, it's always because of how it's an inconvenience to her. And I I don't feel like Pester Quest. I don't feel like that's any fundamentally that's fundamentally any different. And I certainly don't feel like they've patched that up. So like that's a whole other axis of conflict that is still open. Yeah, I, I don't think that anything can be said with these kids to be patched up because again, the alpha kids are a bunch of messy bitches. There's just no way <laughs> yeah. there's just there's just you, you don't you don't fix them overnight. Mm. Yeah, I, I I feel bad because I feel like this person is as I feel like the the question is kind of like oh well you know how, how do you feel now that everything's fine and I feel like everything's fine really Everything, yeah are you I sure fixed about this? this are you sure <laughs> well I think I, I I do think it is just this is the first time we've seen them at this time period in a very long time mm. and I, that might speak to the authenticity of the route that it feels like, oh, good, you know, they're interacting the way that I remember before everything went wrong. And I don't know. Right. But I, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the important thing to remember is that it's not like everything was all right and then went wrong. Like, of course, these kids had, these kids had the underlying problems from the very first moment that we met them. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's important not to just sort of be tempted to just sort of completely ignore them just because we've gone back in time and things are slightly less complicated. <laughs> oh, I'm such a spoil sport. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's a, that was a, that was a, uh, perfectly satisfactory answer. And with that, this has been the perfectly satisfactory podcast. <laughs> Oh dear. You can find us on Overcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and more at pgmpod.com or at pgmpod on Twitter. I had to find where I had the doc opened up in my many tabs. The music for this show is by Gumi, and you can find links to more of their music in the description. You can support the show on patreon.com slash pgmpod. Patrons get access to 20 bonus episodes and counting <gasps> on intermission. Gasp! I was on one recently. Oh wow, that was fun. We were we were eating lunch. We uh, talked about Homestuck in a bar with X Teen and Rory. That was weird. Well, that sounds like fun. I need to get on that. Yeah, you should, <laughs> Pip. You should donate to the Pigeon Patreon. I sp- I specifically <laughs> should donate to the Patreon. <laughs> Uh, Nobody else. Your support is shared equitably with everyone who makes each episode possible. And at the end of the show, we like to thank our Skylark tier patrons. So I check this other window for who those people are. Bokind Abstrata, BQ, Carmen, Chersu, Sybil, Danny Lalanders, Danny Yeager, Dervich B, LMC, Finn Hickey, Gaster Wife Simulator, Ginger Slap Notion, Gripping Traverse, J.R. Hyde, J. Logan Conduit of Queerness Mage of Life, Kevin King, Krista, Lily Bloom, Laura Naga, Luke Beeman, Max May, Oliver David, Paravelix, Quartz Criminal, Raspberry Heaven, Rose Rorden, Serena Game Girl McCarthy, Starshine with the Star Emoji, Taylor Dirks, Terezi Pyrope, Trans and June Egbert, Tinokal, Vrisk Communism, X-Teen, Yo Joseph, and Zach. Oh my god. Whew. There's a lot of people. I had no idea that you did that all in one <laughs> that you did that all in one go. I, I thought you edited that sort of thing in. Oh, I think Kate does, but I just go for it. 
uh, all in Live one. Live life on the edge. What? Uh, where, where can people find you, Pip? <laughs> what do you do? Um, you can regrettably find me on, on Twitter at PipD underscore P-I-P-D underscore on Twitter. Um, I, I also have a I have I have a Tumblr, um, which is just Pip Homestuck, where I mostly just answer questions about Homestuck to you very infrequently. Right. Please stop sending sending me garbage. <laughs> You can also find Pip's work at homestuck2.com. And you oh, can find me. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you do You do work on that. Yeah, I do make Homestuck 2. Um, yeah, that's wild. Where can people find you, Sarah? Oh, my God. I'm on I'm on Twitter at HMSNoFun, and I do a lot of stuff, and it's all there. You know this already. And you also have a YouTube, don't you? I do. Yeah, that's true. So ha- I guess that's our show. Um, oh, that's our show. <laughs> And thank you for... Thank you for having me. It's been lovely to be on. <laughs> yep, it's been fun. <laughs> well, don't say it like that. <laughs> it has been no, it's fun. Been, it's been, it's been a genuinely fun? good time. It's been oh, a genuinely good time. Thank you, Pip. <laughs> thank you very much. Live, laugh, bake. Live, laugh, bake. Fuck, that's how we should have started the episode. God damn it. <laughs>